Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on Rise FM. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And because it's Tom and I, we are on week two. That's right. (laughs) We're getting to finish up today our session on Parenting the Addicted Child. Uh, It's an article from Mountainside.com. We went last week through what to do. And you can see that on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. This week, we're going to cover what not to do when parenting the adult addicted child. So this is what happens when you're 35-year-old, still living in the basement, and all of a sudden you find out he's addicted to something. That's right. So, yeah, we're going to talk about what not to do today. But, Tom, we're going to go to God's Word today for the same passage we used last time, as I thought it was just as applicable this time. Out of 2 Timothy 1.7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That's just a, a, a one-liner. Uh, you know, I've been known to give one-liners, but there's a one-liner. Really? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I rest my case. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where, where did I learn this from? <laughs> and so anyway, we were not given a spirit of fear, but of power. And if we use power instead of fear, if we use love and self-control, those are three powerful weapons we can look at that our God would want us to use in the fighting against addiction. We started out last week and we talked through the five things to do if you're dealing with the adult addicted child and it's setting boundaries and invite open communication, address the behavior rather than the person, look for support services with them Ask your loved one on how you can best support them and then to invest in your own recovery because you're going to have some work to do on yourself while you're helping them. That's true. So today we turn to what not to do when dealing with the adult addicted child. The first one, Tom, don't ignore the problem and make excuses because after all, they are your perfect child. Oh, that's true. No, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How could that have possibly been any different? They are perfect. I, right, uh-huh. and, uh, and and the denial. The that's right. We're going is, back to Egypt for denial. Yes, yep, that's true. There's a fine line between helping your alcoholic child and enabling them. That that is true. There is a very fine line there. Whenever they are struggling with alcohol or drugs, it can be tempting to cover up or make excuses for your child's behavior. As much as you might want to shield them from outside judgment, you cannot pretend that the drugs and alcohol are not affecting them. Doing so will only reinforce the idea in their minds that they do not need to help and cause them to delay seeking treatment. If left unaddressed, addiction will take a toll on their physical and mental health, their finances, their relationships with others, and their sense of self. And I've always said, I think 
the number one price a person struggling with addiction and alcohol pays for their addiction is in relationships. And it's going to take a toll on you, too. Oh, yeah. As the caregiver. It's going to take a toll on you as you watch that downhill slide. And so the recovery for the parent, the caregiver, also is significant in that we want to look at they're being watched. They're going to be watched by the addict. And we are a role model. Had some very touching discussions of late about the power of being a role model. And when you think about who's a role model in your life, and for the listeners out there, who's a role model in your life, and how powerful are they? Is that role model a healthy one or an unhealthy one, helping or not helping? Okay, first rabbit hole. All right. This one just came to me as you were sharing through that because it mentioned drugs and alcohol, and and shame on me, I should have mentioned this last week. Is this information really just as valid if we're dealing with an addiction to porn, gambling, or other things like that? Is it as important? Yes, it is, because this is um, one particular term I really like to go to, and Scott, it's this, addictive thinking. They all have that in common. When we're talking about addictive thinking, let me give you an example well, you know, I've already messed up today. I may as well blow the whole day. You know, that's a thinking that's not going to be helpful. Uh, let me see if I can give you another one. I've always coped when that happened with alcohol. I've always coped with that when it happened by escaping and going to porn. Addictive thinking. That's why it's so powerful when we look at Romans twelve two that we should renew our minds in Christ. So that we're looking at things differently and we're calling on it. You know, Paul said it in Philippians 4 that we are to focus on what? That which is lovely, that which is pure, and several other things. Well, when our, our focus is there, our minds were basically downloading new data there and we're going to have a different output. What we'll be thinking then will be what we've downloaded rather than this addictive thinking, which the enemy absolutely has his haunches on big time. Oh, right. And wants to dig in deeper. See, I knew you'd have something for that. I (laughs) I knew it. I just knew it. All right, so number two, in what not to do when parenting the addicted child, don't berate your child for their choices. So chewing them out isn't going to help. That is true. While it's true that they made the initial choice to drink or use drugs— No one chooses to become addicted. Drugs and alcohol are powerful substances that hijack the brain and deeply impact personality and behavior. Know that your child's addiction is most likely causing them to feel discouraged or trapped. Showing them tough love by using phrases like, I never taught you to behave this way, could only exasperate their sense of shame, their defensiveness, and their tendency to isolate. And their tendency to run away from you. Exactly. Who would want to be around that? Right. Yeah. Now, all right, second rabbit hole. Good. All right. The show of the rabbit hole. The the rabbit hole show. (laughs) Okay, so we talk about don't berate your child, but does there come a point where it's gone on and it's gone on, and we're talking about years here, not days, where you just say, all right, 
I've had enough of this. I mean, is that the point where rather than berate them and chew them out big time, that's when the intervention should happen to maybe as much help you as them? So if I'm understanding it, the rabbit hole, right? <laughs> if I'm in the right rabbit hole, <laughs> not the wrong rabbit hole, yeah, the the whole idea of that's when intervention should take place is, is, is really a good idea. But does it ever reach a point where people are like, you know, I'm done. I can no longer, I've done everything we can do until you hit rock bottom, Mr. Raddick. You're not going to face or, or receive any of the help that we've had. There right. are people who have reached that level. And it's sad, but it does happen. Are we okay with it? No, not really. But sometimes, you know, earlier we were talking about the tough love thing. Well, the tough love thing there is what we talked about earlier is probably not appropriate at that stage of of the treatment strategies and interventions that are put in place. But in the end, to say, you know what? Yeah, you are on your own is very hard to do. Yeah. But maybe it's the best. You know, go back to the prodigal son. The dad didn't keep him from going. But what was really powerful, the difference is when the prodigal son reappeared, he wanted help. And sometimes you've got to let them hit rock bottom so that they understand that they need the help and then come and want the help. Yeah. Yeah, you can intervene all you want, but if they don't want any help, they're not going to get it. Right. So it's ultimately got to come down to a decision on their part. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, you, you hit that rabbit hole perfectly. Awesome. All right. Number three. Wow, we're moving right along today, Tom. How about that? All Scott? right. We're going to be able to talk about your golf game. We keep going at this pace. Oh, outstanding. This was a good week <laughs> to talk about. Yesterday was one of those few times I was really excited about what happened. That's what brings you back as a, as a positive experience. There you go. Maybe that's why I am not haven't played golf since. <laughs> All right, number three, don't make a habit of lending them money. That's true. Even in the healthiest of situations, when our oldest son was a bachelor in his early 20s, he had a picture of mom and I on, it wasn't Facebook, it was one prior to Facebook. Anyway, picture of mom and dad, and he said, this is my mom and dad, and the line below that was... And my ATM. <laughs> I thought that puts a whole lot in perspective. Even in the healthiest situations, my point is this we want to be careful about being the ATM. If the addiction is video games and your child is in her early 20s and still hanging out in the basement and in, enjoying the life of video games, to finance that, I don't believe it's healthy. Yeah, you want you want video games? Go buy your own video games. I'm not going to buy you those anymore. That's right. Oh, and the lights that you might need. Oh, I know. Your screen needs electricity. Oh, uh, how are you going to do that? I just cut the power off to the basement. Yeah, good. Uh, yes. It's yeah. called rent. There we go. All right. So as a parent, you may be tempted to help your adult addict with their living expenses when they are feeling most vulnerable. However, it can be very difficult to tell what your financial support is funding. That's true. Are they using the money for something important or spending it on more alcohol and drugs? Your alcoholic child may become dependent on you and feel less 
of an incentive to overcome their addiction if they continue to offer money and they receive it, basically. So without a, a reliable source of income, they are more likely to reflect on their behavior and work toward their recovery. Cultivating core values like honesty, accountability, and hard work are along the way. And, you know, that is what is so amazing today is what has happened to our workforce? Where's it gone? Yeah, it's like COVID happened and all of a sudden everybody just left. They were all taken by aliens or something. Yeah. How many establishments, whether it's fast food or, you know, Dollar General or things like that, where you go in and they they have signs plastered on the window. Hiring. Now hiring. Still hiring. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we're begging you. <laughs> yeah. So what has happened to it? You know, that, that becomes really powerful. They must still be in the basement playing video games. Well, I think. And so one of the things that has been growing in my heart and actually coming up in the near future, I think I'm going to be able to have an impact consulting and helping in another ministry, but not so-called ministry. It's actually going to be looked at like being a missionary here in our own area. People think, well, you know, we're not some third world country that, you know, we need missionaries for. Yeah, we do. Uh, actually, we do. There are now countries sending missionaries to us to share the gospel. Yeah, and that's amazing. That's sad. Yeah, and it is. So anyway, this missionary um, effort is going to be about reestablishing, regrowing, rebuilding our workforce. Wow, that's a big job right now. It is. And believe it or not, some of my encouragement about it with it and you know, if you go back on all my ancient history and my my preparation for my career, I honestly believe that we have to hit children at the ages of middle school or younger, like fourth and on. This just shows I went to college. Part of that Big Ten education. <laughs> there was a theorist on moral development named Kohlberg who basically talked about moral values for elementary school students. They haven't really developed theirs. By the time they hit junior high, they're basically taking on the moral values of others. Think about how scary that is today. Exactly. And then by high school, they're developing their own based on what Peer priority was there prior. Right. So the problem with that is if we hit, try to hit them up when they have developed a, their moral values based on high school, you know, they've already taken on some of their peers' morality. We have to go backward. We have to go back until there's a, something workable there and impact them. And that's what this mission field is going to be like coming up. And that's something that as a, as a retired youth director, we were always told that if we can't if we can't get them to a point where they accept Christ by I think it was age 12, the chances of them accepting Christ diminish at percentages every year. And it's like there's a window of opportunity between the ages of maybe 9 and 12, where it's the highest percentage. And the sad part is it goes down from there. Yeah. We look at post-12 years old, they're headed into 
junior high and then where they're borrowing others. And what if those others aren't very biblically based? Right. Yep. Yeah. And and thus, I think, why there's such an explosion of children attending Christ-centered and faith-based schools now. Because parents now, thanks to COVID, saw what their public schools were teaching and said, ooh, not my kid. Right. And, and that's sad in and of itself. And it's a tough world to be in right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and for the workforce, yeah, I don't know where people are hiding, but boy, we need you working. You mm-hmm. know, everywhere. I don't like waiting an hour to have a table at dinner and half the restaurant's empty. Yeah. Because yeah. that means there's not enough servers to take care of the people. That's the stuff that worries me. How about the fact if, you know, there was a tornado that went through our town and your house was semi-damaged? Well, before, you know, they would have somebody knocking on your door in 24, 48 hours. Well, no, now you might be waiting three to four weeks before they get somebody out there to look at it. Right. And then how many weeks before they have a work crew, they can put this house back together. Oh, yeah. that My mom experienced that after Hurricane Ian. It was almost a year before some of the repair work was done. And there are still people with tarps on their roofs that can't get their roof fixed, can't get their yeah. house fixed for just there aren't enough people to do the work and so those rising costs now what kind of resources the insurance companies have to pay for the damages that they've been insuring all these times exactly so what's the one that just went through now dahlia Okay, well, there's a big rabbit hole we didn't uh, yeah, yeah. We dug that hole out big. All right, so as we continue talking about how to parent the addicted child and things not to do, the next thing not to do is do not smother them. Do not smother them without question. Mother, do not smother. <laughs> the impact of smothering them, they don't have any room to be a person and grow that necessary and experience that necessary part of them. But completing basic tasks for your son or daughter and doting on them in other ways can hamper their progress. I believe that. Despite your best intentions to make their lives easier, they may begin to believe that they cannot achieve anything on their own and avoid making efforts to better themselves. There's a term for this. It's very easy to fall in the category of learned helplessness. If you say I can't do it long enough, finally somebody does it for you, and 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 it's just it's just a very and after a while you believe it. Yeah, mom falls into that trap where I my child can't do it and they need to have it, so I'm going to do it. They might have to be hungry some. I, I'm sorry to say that. Yeah, and and isn't that where we start talking about the plow parent, the helicopter parent, the hover parent? Yeah. The ones that, you know, well, I'm going to make sure everything's okay for Johnny, so let me clear the road. Yeah. Or I'm going to make sure nobody comes up at him, so I'm going to hang around over the top. And Mm -hmm. I see that in youth groups. Parents Uh will progress with their children as volunteers through certain programs. Interesting. Just so they can hover around and protect them. Yeah. So the little Johnny is okay in youth group. So you might also be smothering your loved one if you repeatedly bring up their addiction which could create added tension and frustration. We want them to have healthy tools, and we want them to have character in them that where it's their choice, that they want life and they want it abundantly, that they want victory 
they have to own. Oh, there's a term we own. Yeah, we've talked about that. And at least almost as often as <laughs> the celebration uh, yes. of success, which we have not mentioned yet today. Which we just did. So <laughs> way to go, Scott. See, you we, dig it in anyway. We got there. Yeah. <laughs> so we're moving in through, you know, talking about how to parent addicted children. And this could be anything from, I don't know, if they're addicted to shopping. You know, that's a thing now. If they're addicted to porn, if they're addicted to sports gambling, if they're addicted to alcohol, drugs, it all kind of fits in there. And this last one here, Tom, is don't ignore your own needs in this process. That's, that's right, Scott. And so it's natural to feel worried about your child when they are struggling with a debilitating disease like addiction. Letting your fears consume you, however, will stand in the way of your own happiness and peace of mind. And our children will actually see that. Get back to focusing on your hobbies and your passions. So that would include golf. Golf. (laughs) In your earlier years, tennis. You're right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But back when I had, I could run and that ship has since sailed. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Over time, continuing to put your loved one's needs above your own will become exhausting and humiliating ultimately harm your mental health. Uh, Addiction does not discriminate based on age, and many individuals develop substance use disorders later in life. Luckily, even if your adult son or daughter is battling addiction, they still have time to turn their life around, and that's true. Yeah, and I think that's the important takeaway here is there is no such thing as not enough time. Right. You can still take care of it. It doesn't matter if your kid's in their 40s. Right. And you're in your 70s. They can still get help, and you can still help them get help. And one way to do that is through counseling. And a Christian counselor can help you navigate waters and maybe recommend other options that might be out there for them to avoid some of the major pitfalls that come with addiction, as we all know what those are. Um, so as we wrap it up today, Tom, if someone needs to start a conversation about addiction and working with their addicted child, how can they do that? Well, Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And one last thing before we wrap up today on the session, these last two episodes on helping and dealing with the addicted adult child was actually a suggestion from one of you listening today. And if there is a topic, a mental condition, or some issue that you would like Tom and I to address, we would be more than happy to hear about that. All you've got to do is email me that topic and give me your name if you would. I'll give you credit for it. You can email me, scott at risefmohio.com. Scott at risefmohio.com. Ohio.com. And thanks for joining us today for the session. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 